No spoilers. We don't need to rehash WandaVision. Oh, we'll rehash it. <laughs> but as soon as this podcast ends, we're rehashing. podcast that does or does not but it sure does try i'm joey i'm joey your star wars lover and with me is royish good looks hello podcast robin hello (laughs) and dr lorelei hello i always try to come up with something for robin on the fly and it's always like Batman and Robin or Robin in a nest. You know, it's never anything very good. I don't know. Robin, we're going to have to connect and, and, and brainstorm some nicknames. Okay. <laughs> we're the podcast that talks all about nerdy pop culture stuff, but it's mostly Star Wars. What's up, friends? How's everyone doing? Yeah, I guess we're not going to be Star Wars today, huh? We're going to be Marvel plus other. Mm-hmm. Marvel and Fox. I'll kick off the Marvel stuff. So finally, I twisted Robin's arm enough and we watched uh, Black Widow last night. Nice. Because we're like, we're way behind on the MCU phase four stuff. So like, we got to catch up at some point. So we took a break from watching the Office marathon indefinitely Mm -hmm. to watch Black (laughs) Widow. I really liked it. I thought it was like simple and succinct and all it needed to be and like well-contained Great. I loved it. And I think uh, her sister, that's a cool character. Oh my God. 100%. <laughs> I lo- really I, tugged at the heartstrings, yeah. their relationship, you know? Well, and like, we saw oh. Archer, Hawkeye, Hawkeye before yeah. this. So like mm. I already was introduced to her. So that was kind of cool to have seen that moment in Hawkeye with her talking to her talking to Hawkeye and then yeah. seeing the movie and getting some more context. Yeah, I really mm-hmm. liked it. Did you enjoy it, Robin? Yeah. I thought her sister was really the only like saving grace of the movie because I I don't like Scarlett Johansson and I don't like Black Widow so this is such a cool way to die like I like that recurring joke it yeah, was- I, <laughs> I thought she did a really good job I thought she was the best part of the movie and had she not yeah. been in the movie I probably would have been like turn this off trash yeah. what about uh, David Harbour tried too hard that was hammed up horrible accent who tried real too way too hard but I normally like him. Yeah, I think his character was the try to. I think that was like, I know what you're saying, but I think that was like part of the character also, right? Mm-hmm. Like he was like, I am the Russian Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he is like telling stories about beating up Captain America and shit that like are obviously fake. He's so funny. Yeah. But Yelena, yeah, the comedy that she brought to that, I think she's incredible. I love that actor. I loved her in Black Widow. And the scene, I'll, like, the scene that sticks out to me is her in the helicopter when they're, like, breaking David Harbour's character out of prison. And she's, like, bouncing around with the helicopter. And Scarlett Johansson's like, what the hell? And Yelena's like, we're both doing a really great job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did a great job of balancing out, like, the the Marvel comedy with... You know, like it's just they're superheroes. Like it should be a little quirky, even though they're like Russian spies, you know, brainwashed and it's like kind of heavy. But I thought it was great. It was like perfect little neat, tidy package of a story, you know, with no no BS or minimum BS, I would say. Even even Robin agrees. What is it that you keep saying in her accent? Kate Bishop. Oh, yeah. Every once in a while, I'm practicing my Russian accent. Kate Bishop. Out of nowhere. 
but just like that scene in Hawkeye where they where Yelena's in the apartment and Kate comes home and yeah. Yelena's like making mac and cheese. Yeah. It's so good. She's oh, yeah. so good. We need like more of her. Need more yeah. of her. And at the end when she and Hawkeye are having their fight oh, and I was just like crying. Ugh. It was so sad. It's so good. Yeah. It's just so sad. Real good. I think what Robin and I really want to know is the price right, Bob or Drew. (laughs) So I was on the price is right. (laughs) Yes. Unfortunately, I signed an NDA. Right. (laughs) So you can't can't tell us too much. Say what happened on the episode. But I can tell you that I was on it and it was amazing. And I lost my voice for two days afterwards because you're just screaming the whole time. And because the audience is so small, there's only like 40 people in the audience right now. So you have to like be like if there were 150 people in there, like you don't have to scream all the time because there's 150 people screaming, but they need the same amount of Amp noise it up. from way fewer people. So by the end, everyone was just like, uh, <laughs> like trying to be excited, but very tired. But it was so fun. And our episode airs is supposed to air on March 28th. So mark a your calendars i know so maybe we can have an episode we can talk about that on the podcast but yeah. it was so fun i highly recommend the experience right now is a great time because you have like a really good chance you know they have six contestants every show and six out of 40 is like your chances are pretty good so yeah it was super fun i'm I really excited to i would see go it. again like i would go again next weekend <laughs> why not it's like A whole day, like it was a six hour long experience between like arriving at the gate outside the studio and then leaving afterwards. And for like COVID, like we, everybody got PCR tests the day before at the studio. Everybody in your group had to test negative or everybody in the studio had to test negative. If anybody in your group was positive, nobody could come from your group. And we were all pretty spaced out in the studio, but, you know, screaming at the top of our lungs, spewing droplets everywhere. It sounds like it's like a rock concert. It kind of was. And you're not right now. You're not allowed to try to touch Drew Carey. (laughs) (laughs) So they're like, don't touch him. And honestly, like he was very weird. He was not very funny. Can't say that on our podcast. I'm just saying he wasn't very funny. They kept like, there's like one production assistant who apparently got married last week and they were like, but it's obvious they've been just using that as their running joke for a very long time. And they're like in between, you know, when they're setting up new games and stuff. And the jokes were just like not funny. And he the joke was that he's young. And so they were like, oh, what did you go to McDonald's for your honeymoon and play in the ball pit? Or like, you know, it's mm-hmm. like it was just kind of like, oh, this is very awkward. <laughs> A lot of like very weird, like borderline jokes that I was like, I feel very uncomfortable. Great. Drew Carey. Sorry, Drew. I thought it was weird. Gotta up your game, man. You've been a comedian for like 40 years, yeah. Drew. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, anyway, I'm not allowed to talk about what happened until March 28th. Until March 28th, and then I could talk all about it. Should we do, should we have like our first official Krypton to Alderaan live stream video be a reaction to yes. like a live, a live reaction to the Gosh, video? I, yeah, to that might be fun. <laughs> Cause I don't know. I probably look like a freaking idiot. I also thought I was going <laughs> to like pass out. Like there were a couple times where you, things are super exciting. Adrenaline is high and I would like jump up and immediately feel like I was going to pass out and like have to sit right back down again. <laughs> 
So I probably look like a crazy person. It sounds like you we, brought it, man. Yeah. And we also, we were playing um, like a game because it was for a bachelorette party. So we were playing this like side game where you could like accrue points for doing different dumb things. And one of the things you could get points for was telling people that the bride, like she's getting married. Rachel's getting married. And so I just kept screaming, Rachel's getting married <laughs> so many times. It was very weird, but I got a lot of points for it. So like, okay, cool. Anyway, that's what I'm into. Awesome. Sounds like a fun experience. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to hear more about it. I'm not even allowed to know about it. She hasn't even told me in the privacy of our own home. <laughs> She's taking this NDA very seriously. Yeah. They, you have to sign all of your rights away before you're allowed in the studio. There are like four different contracts I had to sign. But no one's like, you're not allowed to go on your podcast and talk about how not funny <laughs> Drew Carey is. Honestly, I have no idea. I didn't really read the contract. <laughs> Uh -oh. So maybe that is in there. Well, anyway, top um, that, Joey. Yeah, I got nothing. I'll just shut what up. What game for the shows rest of have you episode. been on lately, huh? <laughs> I want to be on them all. <laughs> well, save that for the surprise question. Because oh. oh. it was a toss-up between a couple of surprise questions. Now I think we're going to go with the one that you just answered. Mm. So there. Yeah, that's hard to follow up. You know. I'm really into Stranger Things, y'all. Are we all like on the same page with Stranger Things? I love that show so much. And I was so excited when those posters dropped this past week. And the like note from the creators about the series culminating, you know, season four being the second to last season and all the effort and work they put into it. And the whole like story about it was I thought was just incredible. Made me feel all the feels. Do y'all love... Do y'all like, like or love Stranger <laughs> Things? Oh, yeah. I got some strong nostalgia vibes when I think Stranger Things. Like, that was, I don't remember when it first came out, but, like, Robin and I binged that season, like, early on in our relationship and, like, her old house. And, like, I got, like, <laughs> some, yeah, nostalgia vibes, I would say. Mm -hmm. Pre-pandemic vibes. Yeah. Did you enjoy what we've seen so far, Robin? Because it, it, it seems, feels to me like it would definitely be your kind of show. Yeah. I mean, I liked the first season a lot. What are we? We're three seasons in now. So I liked the yeah. first a lot. The second I didn't really like. I thought the third one was really good, though. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think I'm mostly in the same boat where I definitely obviously want to do a rewatch before season four starts in May. But I remember season two dropping off a little bit for me and maybe being a little maybe being a little more chaotic or hard to follow. Hard to follow is not the right word, but maybe a little more chaotic than the other two seasons. Just like with a bunch of different plots not really connecting, like Eleven goes to meet the other powered kid and stuff like that. But I loved seeing those posters. It got me super amped. It's been a long time since season three, and I am excited. Yeah, the first season I binged, I had, I remember I was like laid up. I was injured. I was like couch ridden when the first season dropped. And it just, po I, so I was just doing nothing but watching Netflix and it popped up on Netflix and I had no idea what it was. And I put it on and I like finished it the next day. And I was like, where's more of this? That's when I started to do like a deep dive into understanding it. But yeah, just an incredible show. Love that show. It's one of those ones that like everybody had to see. It had yeah. such amount of like X factor. Like you said, you want to see the next one and then it ends and you're like, that's crazy. And personally, what I would consider my younger avatar in Dustin just loved seeing that character mm -hmm. on screen. I love that kid. And I... I just feel like that kid is me, is a younger me. And I loved that. He's got better hair, but 
so much the same. Okay, so, Doctor Strange, did you all watch the trailer during the Super Bowl? Robin and I were texting, like, live texting during the Super Bowl. I don't watch sports. (laughs) I just refresh Twitter and YouTube waiting for stuff to happen. So, the Doctor Strange trailer dropped and I watched it. Were you two watching the sports game, watching this stuff? No, we were not watching. Were we... The Olympics weren't on then, right? What were we? We were watching something else. I don't remember. Not the Super Bowl, though. No, my brother is pretty hot on keeping up with like Twitter and stuff like that. So I think literally the second the trailer dropped, he was like, "Here you go." And I think that's yeah. why I texted you and was like, "Did you see this?" <laughs> <laughs> and Lorelai, what were you doing during the Super Bowl? <laughs> I was on a rooftop in LA drinking seventeen dollar drinks in shorts, in a jumpsuit, yeah, and sandals. I was. I had a down parka on in my house <laughs> in Laramie, Wyoming. So very different vibes. But there's so much here because Lorelai and I have absorbed so much more of phase four than you two have. So I'm curious how you felt about that trailer. Like, I think it was cuckoo bonkers and I've seen everything. Now, there's not that much that connects it to some of the Phase 4 stuff like Eternals or there's like a little bit of Spider-Man, but we all know what happened. We all know like the multiverse stuff in Spider-Man. So that's all you really need to know. So Royce, you love Doctor Strange, right? You loved (laughs) the first movie. Yes. (laughs) But then you didn't appreciate WandaVision. Mm all that much. So I'm really curious what you thought of the trailer. Yeah. Cuz it's it's like those two worlds like they're, they're obviously tying all of this stuff together. Yeah. Well, so I was trying to pull a Joey Krakorian and not watch the trailer ahead of time because I didn't want to spoil No Way Home if there was like a spoiler in there. And then Robin mm. watched it and was talking to you, I guess you like okayed it for watching. <laughs> Cuz I didn't I didn't want to watch it and be like, "Well, now No Way Home is like blown. I, I've avoided major spoilers other than the fact that like maybe every single Spider-Man ever shows up or whatever. But yeah, then I watched it and it was crazy. And like you said, Wanda's in it. So interesting yeah. that that's your go-to question because I did not like WandaVision, but it seems like there's multiple Wandas. So that's like a different story. I think one of them is like an evil Wanda or something. So there's like a million doors. You're saying like, what is this movie going to be? they're going to open the door to like every multiverse and explore like lots of potential things. Like I always say to Robin, like if something weird happens, I'll be like in another universe that didn't happen. And we didn't make that decision. And I feel like that's going to be Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness is he's going to have a theory Mm -hmm. about something. And then there'll be a totally different example of that popping up through a interdimensional portal or whatever. It's not going to change how I feel about WandaVision as like its own (laughs) little thing. But cool that they're going to tie that in because like they say, you broke the rules and I don't get to break the rules. I think that's interesting with the timey-wimey stuff that you guys like to bring up. And what's the the rule of law around here and who's going to bring the hammer down? But I don't know. It's crazy. Like you said, there's a lot left to be seen. I'm glad I watched the trailer because I'm definitely intrigued. And I'm glad it didn't seem to spoil Spider-Man. So I guess that's a positive. Obviously, I think they're going to play into the variant stuff like they did in Loki. And it'll be interesting to see if there actually are multiple Wandas or if that scene with her with like Wanda approaching Scarlet Witch, if that's just like interaction of Wanda like coming to terms with what's happened or like 
separating Wanda and Scarlet Witch or uniting Wanda and Scarlet Witch because she was attacked for messing with reality and Doctor Strange. Like she says in the trailer, that's not fair. Like she does it and she becomes the villain. He does it and he's praised or whatever. It's just really interesting. And I'm, well, I loved WandaVision. I'm excited to see that happen. But it'll be interesting to see if they do all the variant stuff. I think we see that scene with Marvel's Illuminati and we hear Patrick Stewart and all that fun stuff. We'll talk about that. But I think that those, that crew must be variants because we'll we'll get Patrick Stewart, Professor X, and maybe Mr. Fantastic and a whole bunch of other characters from other universes. Robin, did you like first Doctor Strange movie? Yeah, I did. I liked it a lot. Awesome. So how are you feeling about this maybe in the same boat as as Royce with, with your view on WandaVision? Uh, I mean, I'm excited. It looks like it's going to be really good. Not super excited that Wanda seemed pretty heavy in the trailer. Just <laughs> even like WandaVision aside, I did not like her in any of the Avengers movies, especially because her character and her accent evolved so... Mm. Oddly, <laughs> she's obviously in it. I'm hoping she's not like, you know, in m- the majority of the scenes. I hope she's just kind of like a side character and a side story. Hmm. I'm going to guess that a lot of the theme is going to be teaching you a lesson for like going too far with your powers. Because that's kind of Dr. Strange's MO to begin with is like he was a surgeon that could like fix anybody except himself. You know what I mean? <laughs> so... I think they're going to play into that. Like Wanda took control of like a whole town and he brainwashed Spider-Man or whatever. And he also like looked into every reality to see if they could beat Thanos, like breaking all the rules. So he's got to be taught a lesson. And same thing with Wanda. She didn't really get taught a lesson. That was my biggest complaint, I think, with WandaVision at the end. She was just like, okay, bye. I'm going to a cabin in the woods. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) No repercussion. So... Obviously, some of that comes to fruition. I don't know, Robin. She might be like a heavy co-star now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, that would suck. (laughs) I respectfully, strongly disagree with everything Royce just said and with what Robin just said. Lorelai, what do you think? I think, yeah, I mean, I also wasn't like super into WandaVision. It got better at the end, right? (laughs) Sorry, Joey. This is one of those shows that like, once you get to the end, you're like, oh yeah, the beginning makes sense. Okay, but... I mean, I'm. I liked the first Doctor Strange movie. We have. I haven't seen it in a while, but we just I watched them all. That was like a year ago, I think. <laughs> Time. <laughs> Timey wimey stuff. I remember really liking it, and I think I won't spoil Spider Man, but Doctor Strange is like an important character in the movie, and so it is nice that they like really are kind of leaning on the continuity between the different movies and the different tv shows and stuff that are like really bringing it all together in a really nice way so i kind of like that there's you know a sense of that like the previous phases of marvel all of the movies really stood on their own like you could probably you could watch them without really knowing what had happened in the previous ones except for like endgame and whatever so it is kind of nice that it is like this like storyline that just kind of continues um and i agree that i think the theme is going to be yeah, you fucked up and now you have to face the consequences for both of them because Wanda was like in an incredible amount of grief. So she like tortured people, right? Basically. I mean, yeah, she did. We've been through this. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, go listen to our previous episodes on WandaVision. <laughs> and then like it, you know, in the trailer for the Spider-Man movie, it's like basically everybody finds out about Peter Parker and he's like, help me fix this. My life sucks now. And so Doctor Strange like breaks the entire universe to like help him do that. Um, on purpose. Yeah. Wanda didn't know what she was doing. But she was still making choices. They got so in- caught up in whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think about whether or not they should. Exactly. She was so. in grief. It was a representation of her grief. Doctor Strange was like, okay, we'll do this. Even though Wong, who's the... Su- you know what? Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> but... No spoilers. We don't need to rehash WandaVision. Oh, we'll rehash it. <laughs> but as soon as this podcast ends, we're rehashing. Yeah. No, go ahead. That being said... It seems like they're both about to face some consequences. They're both about to meet, like, potentially the evil versions of themselves. There was, like, also a flash of, like, another Doctor Strange who looked very gray and wrinkly and scary. We all have to catch up on Phase 4 stuff before this drops in May. But I think What If will also play a role based on this Mm. trailer. That's interesting. What If will also play a role in this. So we all got to catch up on that. What do you think about the trailer, Joe? I thought it was incredible. I think that, like I've said before, I love this Phase 4 stuff. I love them. We're getting real comic booky now. We're like so far into the MCU and now they're taking all these chances and we're breaking the multiverse and we're doing it in WandaVision and we're doing it in Loki and now we're doing it in Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. Like everyone's breaking the multiverse separately and now it's going to all come together to be like, oh, this got really, really messed up. I think it has to be like six hours. And honestly, based on this trailer, I would sit through a six hour long (laughs) version of this movie. Like show me him trying to talk to Wanda, show me Wanda like fighting back and being like, no, I was grieving. My love died and I made it this town. You broke it to help people forget about and all this timey wimey stuff, as you said, Royce, I can't wait to see it. And I love that shot of every comic book nerds dream. I felt maybe I'm projecting, but came true in that scene where Doctor Strange is being led by the Ultron bots that might be like superior Iron Man stuff. And he's led into the chamber of the Illuminati. We hear Patrick Stewart's voice. We see all the other figures They're Like, it's a pretty prevalent thing in comic books, in Marvel comic books. And it's incredible to see. The introduction of the Illuminati by itself has these implications that ripple through the MCU. And so... Setting all of this stuff up is incredible, and I just can't wait. May is going to be incredible. Like, (laughs) May might be the greatest month of 2022. We've got Stranger Things, the first part of season four. We've got Doctor Strange, and we've got Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm. There might be more, but Hold just on like to your those butts. three things alone. So incredible. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited. I guess I was kind of surprised that Spider-Man wasn't in the trailer. They're not going to drop that bomb. It's also <laughs> Sam Raimi's directing it. So I have a feeling we're going to get, there's already a huge, I think, horror aspect to it. We're going to get some Sam Raimi horror. And, you know, there's always been the talking point, the maybe like rumor that we'll get another Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man appearance because it's Sam Raimi. And Strange is going to be bouncing around in the multiverse. So who knows? Who knows what we'll see? We see dinosaurs. And (laughs) speaking of dinosaurs. Smooth. That's a smooth. I'm getting good. Let's talk about Jurassic World Dominion. I I'm really excited to talk to y'all about this. 
because I love dinosaurs. <laughs> you don't and say. I hope you all, did you all know that about me? Yes. Did you? Little known fact, I almost went to dinosaur school. That is not a school that teaches you how to be a dinosaur. That is a school <laughs> that teaches you how to dig up dinosaurs. I think about that. I love dinosaurs. I always wanted to be a paleontologist. I got accepted into paleontology school and then I didn't go. But if I had gone, I would have never met Royce. So what kind of choice is that? Like if I had to do it all over again, what the hell kind of choice well, is that? Maybe somewhere else in the multiverse you did. I, I'm sure I did. Maybe my life is a little more empty because of it, mm -hmm. you know? Probably. But anyway, I love dinosaurs. Let's talk about this trailer. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin because it starts off full of dinosaurs. So are you all caught up on Jurassic World? Yes. When was the last time you watched those movies? The world ones? Yeah. I think we literally were watching the second world one. What's that, what's that one called? Explosion on Jurassic World Island? That's, that's <laughs> the one. That, yeah, that's uh, what it's called. Escape from Jurassic World. <laughs> Fallen that, Kingdom? Fallen Kingdom, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think my names might have been better. Yeah, yeah. You could spend the rest of the podcast just... Renaming like, yeah, Jurassic yeah. Yeah. movies. But we saw... They're on TV all the time. So we watched that one the other day. I'm not a, as big of a fan of the world ones as the original park ones. But I mean, like you said, like dinosaurs. What's not to love about dinosaurs causing yeah. a ruckus? But yeah, we're caught I up. Think, I think that's a line in, in the first one. What's not to love about dinosaurs? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. what's not to love? So Robin, how do you feel about the world jurassic world franchise versus the jurassic park franchise uh i mean i definitely like both of them i don't like the jurassic world quite as much just for the same reason as i don't like you know new, cash grab new star wars as much as old like you can't beat mm -hmm. the original and you're just mm. they're like not quite remaking it but it's obviously going to reuse a lot of the same elements and they're bringing back some of the original people which is pretty cool but I think you can't beat the original, like the original, original, because I think everything else in that original, original series was kind of garbage. But the first movie <laughs> was awesome. You know, That's fair. I, I tend to agree somewhat where I think that this is a stronger trilogy. I think Jurassic World overall is a stronger trilogy than the Jurassic Park trilogy. What do you how do you feel, Lorelai? New versus old? I mean, I think I agree that the. You know, there's that nostalgia aspect to the old ones where you just can't beat it, right? They were so good. But I do really like the Jurassic World movies. I like the that there's, like, even no matter how you feel about Chris Pratt, his, like, relationship with the dinosaurs is much different than most of the people in Jurassic Park, which I think is going to be one of the themes in this movie, right? It's called Dominion. And it's like, oh, how'd that work out for you? Not so good. Um, so I think that's like an interesting aspect to the newer movies that the old movies don't really, I mean, they're just, ah, they're dinosaurs. Ah! exactly. Yeah. It's like people screaming about dinosaurs and being like, oh, we've like developed these new genetic techniques to blah, 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 blah. And like, aren't we amazing scientists? Yeah. So it's just like a little bit more philosophical maybe in the, in the later movies, but yeah. Well, Ian Malcolm's presence throughout the original trilogies was always that, was yeah. always that, like, chaostician, philosophical. Yeah. Why are we doing this? Should we be doing this? The answer's no, but I'm going to ask. <laughs> I know the answer, but I'm going to ask you so <laughs> that you can, like, think about 
the answer, right? Kind of thing. I love that. I love that about him. I love his presence in these movies. Did any of you ever read Jurassic Park, the book? I did not. Well, yeah, I guess I could have assumed that. I'd say that, like, from what I remember reading the book, Ian Malcolm's presence is pretty exhausting. Because he is that part, he mm. is that like role in the book, but it's it was for me hard to read. But anyway, that's a digression. I friggin' love all of these. I just love seeing them on screen. Like when Jurassic World, when the first Jurassic World came out, I just loved the spectacle of it. And it was like I saw the movie and I left, and it was my first time sitting down with my thoughts about a movie and just being like, I'm okay with this being a blockbuster popcorn movie like i don't have to sit here and think about it the dinosaur shit is wrong you know whatever's wrong with the movie and like science or philosophy is wrong with the movies but it's so fun to watch i don't know if i watch a more fun if i've ever watched a more fun movie than jurassic movies they're just so fun Mm -hmm. and on the note of chris pratt maybe in this one he'll get eaten by a dinosaur (laughs) and that'll be a nice little cherry on top of everything like Bryce Dallas Howard is like, come back. And he's like, I always come back. And like, maybe he won't come back. Maybe they'll get eaten. <laughs> and I'm there for it. I'll like dump my popcorn everywhere if that happens. Lose my voice screaming in the movie theater. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I cannot wait. I can't remember when it comes out. June cannot- 10th. I know June tenth. My That's birthday right. is comes out on Lorelai's birthday. I'll go for my birthday. So. Here's something that I loved from this trailer. We're getting the like reintroduction. This is like the culmination of all six movies, which I love. And we're getting the reintroduction of the three main characters from the original cast. So Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum. And Laura Dern, Ellie Sattler, Sam Neill, Alan Grant. Alan Grant is however old he is in this movie. So many years after the original Jurassic Park. The dude is in the field digging up dinosaurs and they're like dinosaurs loose in the world now. He's like, like, I got to go dig this up in the beginning. In the first Jurassic Park, he was like, they're going to make our jobs obsolete, (laughs) right? Like John Hammond is making our jobs obsolete by creating dinosaurs. Now there are dinosaurs all over the earth. He's still digging them up. He's a friggin icon i love that guy i love sam neil and i loved his character unless sam neil is problematic and then i hate him i haven't i haven't vetted him <laughs> i don't properly. think he is Great. i think he's a good guy he's awesome he's a kiwi hunt for the wilder people go yeah. watch that so we're talking about the nostalgia effect when you see them on screen lorelei what do you feel how for me it's like yes we're getting it all together yeah and i think there's the like a scene in the trailer where it's all of them all standing together and there's like a very large dinosaur coming at them and that's do you want to know what dinosaur that is yes please do you want to know that like i haven't had to look up any dino i don't mean to brag (laughs) but i'm not gonna sit here and watch the trailer and then google what dinosaurs are in jurassic world dominion okay but what dinosaur is it gigantosaurus 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 do you want me to get my book my big book of dinosaurs No, thank you. But thank you. But no. And Jeff Goldblum is like, why are they always bigger? (laughs) But like all of them standing there all together. I think it's so nice. And I think it also like it's nice that they just they've like already decided this is going to be the last movie and they're going to like bring all of this together instead of just like a lot of movie series do. They just like end up making one that doesn't do very well because it's bad. And they're like, oh, I guess we won't make any more because that one sucked. (laughs) So we should just be done now. They're like, no, we're just going to like say this is the last one instead of like 
trying to keep it going past its you know, point of expiration, basically. So it's nice that they're like taking this moment to bring everybody together and like pull in the Jurassic Park people. And it's just going to be it's going to be so great. Yeah, I love that. So is that part of the nostalgia thing for you two, seeing them all on screen? Are you that connected with the original trilogy that like if you watch these movies and you see them all on screen that you feel that nostalgia, Royce? So it's not the same as like Luke Skywalker is in every yeah. Star Wars. Like right. the original movie holds a lot of weight, but most of those characters don't show up in the second one. And some of them show up in the third, like they mix and match who shows up when. So it's not quite the same. So I I'm not like, I really need to see them back in action. Whereas a lot of people wanted to see like Leia, Han and Luke and Chewie like back together again in Star Wars. Right. You That's know? a good comparison. And a lot of other people have made this already. So I don't want to act like I'm making it up, but the fact that they all do get to be in there at the same time for the last one is a nice little cherry on top. But I wouldn't care regardless because they're still telling the story of like they started Jurassic Park and it got to this point and now we're just going to end the story. So I don't think you necessarily need them, but it is nice for all of the people that are fans of what started it, which I think is pretty respectful. That aside, dude, it is the best trailer I have ever seen. Oh, yeah. Or at least in recent memory, like Robin was playing it and then I heard the like, or whatever the like creepy theme that they have for the new ones. And I was like, what was that, Jurassic Park? And she was like, I was wondering when you're going to like recognize like dinosaurs <laughs> yelling and the creepy ass music. And then I immediately watched it and I was like, this is the most fucking incredible trailer ever. <laughs> I don't know if the movie's also going to be incredible, but they did a really fantastic job of showing the scale of the problem. And I think it's pretty impressive that they could still make people excited Joey, you obviously love dinosaurs, but I've seen a lot of like CGI explosions and we just saw a CGI Luke Skywalker. So like <laughs> we've seen a lot of stuff. It's hard to make people wowed by like production value, but it seems like they've they've figured out a way to keep it fresh, which I think is impressive. It's the best trailer I've ever seen. Doctor Strange trailer was also really good, but like I could not see this movie and be happy with the trailer. I don't know how it ends, obviously, because it's just teasing it, but they did a, a fantastic job with it. I love that. And I think that they used a lot of practical effects like Colin Trevorrow, I think a couple months ago, tweeted about like the practical effects. And one of the dinosaurs who, listen, I know it, but I don't necessarily have never been able to pronounce it. But like the first one we see in the trailer, Parasaurol Office, <laughs> is like the one with the big crest coming off the back of its mm. head that... Chris Pratt's right, like lassoing. Anyway, there was like a video of of the practical, like that's mm -hmm. a that's an animatronic thing that they used, mm -hmm. which I love. Like the original Jurassic Park. So Jurassic Park came out in 1993. We're like 29. Yeah, we're like 30 years after the original, and that was like the first movie to use CGI to the extent that it did. It used practical effects and CGI, but it originally was going to be claymation like they had it set up to be claymation the raptors like stuck their tongues out like snakes and then they hired a paleontologist to be a consultant and he was like no let's not do that so really interesting i love that robin do you how do you feel when you see the original cast like you were talking about uh your connection to the original versus this one so what is that how does that impact you when you see that in the trailer i mean i'm excited i hope that means it's going to be a really really good movie because like you were saying i think this 
newer trilogy is stronger altogether. But I'm hoping that this movie is like, I don't think it's going to be as good as the original, but I hope that it, with these people and it having that kind of like star power, for lack of a better term, that it, it has a little bit more gravity than the other two have had. Yeah, I agree. So here's my main question for everybody. I've talked about this enough. I'm going to love this movie no matter what. I love all the dinosaurs. I love what we're seeing. We're seeing new dinosaurs. We're seeing Oviraptor. We're seeing the return of Dilophosaurus, which isn't really Dilophosaurus, but there's like genetic mutation. So who cares? We're getting dinosaurs with feathers on it. You know, we're <laughs> we're seeing all this amazing stuff and we're seeing a whole lot of new dinosaurs. We're seeing little baby blue. I love that. Little baby raptors. We've got a lot of stuff going on. The question I want to ask y'all is, can this movie be bad? Do you think that this could possibly be bad? I mean, I don't want to be negative. It's a little bit of a satirical question, but Lorelai, what do you think? Could Is there any situation in which you leave seeing this movie and you're like, that wasn't good? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I mean, <laughs> even just for like, you know, the Royce was kind of talking about, but like the imagination it takes to like, how how can we like fit dinosaurs into every part of our current lives? Like, you know, they really are going, they're doing something fresh and new with a series where it's usually like, oh yeah, we've got all these dinosaurs in a park <laughs> and then something bad happens and they almost get out, but they never do, right? And now it's like, oh, now they're out there. So like, it really, I think, takes a lot of creativity and like imagination and it's going to be fun to watch. You know, like the the scene where there's like the dinosaurs running with like the wild horses and like, you know, the dinosaurs are in the ocean and they're in the air. They're everywhere. I can't imagine a way it's going to be bad. I don't know what they could do. I mean, I guess we'll find out. But I can't imagine something they would do. I mean, you really want Chris Pratt to be eaten by a dinosaur. Yeah. But if he is eaten by a dinosaur, I think a lot of people will think that it's a bad movie. No. So, yes. No. That is just, yes, the truth. <laughs> But other than that, I don't know. I think it's going to be great. I should say there was a plot like before the Jurassic World movies started coming out. There were rumors of sequels for years. And one of the like rumored sequel plots was dinosaur human hybrids for the military. Oh, God. And then in, in the first Jurassic World, we got Vincent D'Onofrio's character who was like the military guy who was like, we need to put these raptors in the field yeah. fighting America's no. enemies no. kind of thing. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> so I guess if they do that, it could potentially be bad. But yeah, I'm with you, Lorelai. What do you think, Royce? I think the potential exists. I wouldn't say it's a sure <laughs> fire bet. I'm Impossible. big. I'm big on uh, people remember the beginning and the end of something very well. Like the middle can get a little funky, but as long as like it starts with a bang and ends with a bang. Obvious example, like Star Wars starts with a, literally a Star War with like the Rebel blockade runner and the Star Destroyer, and you're like, this is intense, and the music's crazy. And then at the end of the, the movie, they blow up the Death Star and they have the big metal ceremony. It's like a perfect circle of life. Even if in the middle, you're like, I don't know, Death Star trash compactor? Like, what the hell was that? They're in a garbage <laughs> pit? Like, so anything could happen in the middle and that could, you know, maybe be good or bad. But the ending, like, what do you do to wrap up a six movie franchise over the course of three decades? Like, that's tough. At least with Star Wars, they're like, we're going to pump these fucking things out forever. <laughs> 
or Marvel, the same thing. Like, it's very difficult to end something. So I think in that sense, like, it has to have the perfect, like I said, cherry on top earlier. Like, how do you end it where you're like, well done. You've respected the entire franchise and it's not like time for the dinosaurs to end. Like, do they kill all the dinosaurs? Is that a satisfying ending to Jurassic Park slash world? Do they learn to coexist? Or do humans all become extinct? And it's like World War Z. And you're like, no, we're not going to win the war. So it's one of those three endings, in my opinion. So <laughs> I, I don't know which one's the most satisfying. You got to stick the landing one way or another, though. I'd love for it to be humans go extinct. Dinosaurs eat man. <laughs> and women inherit the earth. Mm. That's what Ian Malcolm says in the first Jurassic Park. <sighs> do you want me to do a script reading? Should I do a script reading of each movie for the podcast? I love these movies. Uh, Robin, what do you think? Can you leave the movie theater and be like, nah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think if anyone could, it would be Robin. <laughs> I mean, I think you all know I'm a pretty skeptical person. I was I, very on brand, Robin. Yeah. I think there's a... I, <laughs> She's ready to be upset by this movie. Yeah. She's like ready. I mean, I think there's a really strong possibility. And I think you only have to do one thing like kind of weird or kind of wrong or have like Chris Pratt say one stupid thing and you're like... Mm. No, that's not what happens. That doesn't make any sense. You fucked it all up. You didn't get eaten. You said a now thing. Now I hate you even more, Chris Pratt. People are really, really picky. And I think it's really difficult. Like it, Somebody will not like it regardless. Oh, that's what I'm oh, saying. Sure. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Look at Star Wars. Like People love Star Wars, but they also love to hate Star Wars. And oh, they sure. nitpick everything. So I think... I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think it could very easily end up like a Star Wars movie where you're like, well, it was good, but I have yeah. opinions. But this one thing. Was- yeah. I guess that's what, like, I was on a podcast recently and one of the hosts said that they just watch Star Wars. You know, it's just a popcorn pew pew for them. And I'm like, that's great. But it's also great that people love Star Wars for the emotion of the found family. There's all that depth. Like I was saying... Jurassic World came out and I sat down and I was like, you know what? This is my popcorn pew pew raw raw. Maybe we'll call it that. My popcorn <laughs> raw raw movie. And uh, I just love to sit through it and love the spectacle of it. Do you think you'd love it even more, Robin, if Chris Pratt gets eaten by a dinosaur? I don't think that would be satisfying. Because <laughs> he's the he's the main he's character. He's a hero. Yeah. yeah what, Joey, I, uh, I, for your personal opinions are side, like you got to get out of the right of room for this one, man. Nah, put Bryce Dallas Howard in that seat. Be like, listen, she ran shit and then she took control in the second movie and she was like, we got to save them. And then now in this one, she's going to be like, whatever she's going to be like. Anyway, I'm all for her ruling the roost and Chris Pratt getting eaten by a dinosaur. Like they gang up on him. Like there's a Dilophosaurus and a Velociraptor and a T-Rex and Dilophosaurus like spits in his face and then they tear him apart. Sorry, too graphic. Mm -hmm. I will not leave disappointed. I'm very excited. Do any of you have any dinosaur questions you'd like to ask me? <laughs> Lorelai? Well, okay, so... <laughs> this does not this count as a surprise This isn't really question. a dinosaur question, but one thing that I wanted to bring up is the difference in... So, like, obviously the movies have evolved and the, like, the storylines have evolved, but also in the time between Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, the science is so different that, like, these are no longer hypothetical questions of, like, should we de-extinct large animals? Like, we're not de-extincting dinosaurs, but people are, like, actually trying to bring mammoths back. Like, these are 
no longer hypothetical questions and the like genetic tools that we have now are in compare like the explosion of technology since 1993 is insane the things we can do now like people couldn't have even imagined then and so i just think like in the context of that like would we if we could because we could almost now bring dinosaurs back like it's not out of the realm of possibility it's not sci-fi anymore it's just science it's just like what we can do now a few years ago nat geo had a they published a magazine and they had to you know the de-extinction cases in the de-extinction list and most of everything on the list was one way or another something humans contributed to the extinction of like the the dodo dodo and maybe the mammoth and the saber-toothed cat and stuff like that Also, several years ago, there, I think it was a TED Talk, Jack Horner, paleontologist at Montana State. Not the greatest guy, but he gave a TED Talk several years ago about this. And, you know, he said, obviously, if we try to get DNA from a mosquito trapped in amber, we'd get a lot of tree DNA so we could, like, clone a lot of trees. What apparently he started doing with his group of scientists was turning on and off codes in chicken genome and getting the chickens to revert back to their prehistoric roots. So you could get a chicken to grow teeth and grow a tail and do, you know, basically reverse engineer a dinosaur from a chicken. And it blew my, like we can do this stuff. We can make dinosaurs. But should we? Yeah. Yes. Maybe chicken-sized ones. Yeah, in the alternate universe where you went to uh, dinosaur school and uh, got your dinosaur degree, I think you you became a mad evil scientist, you know, and you're uh, crispering crispering, uh, chickens. I was accepted to Montana State University paleontology program, so I would have worked with Jack Horner. And let me tell you, if that shit came up, I would have been like, I'm your guy. I will populate this world with dinosaurs and we will sell them to the military. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, no, I would love to see that. I'd love the de-extin- I love the extinction. Give me a pin. Give me a T-shirt. I'll de-extinct the shit out of shit. When did we make the feather discovery? That was also that was after recent. Jurassic yeah, Park. Very recent. Where it's like, oh shit, all of these guys had feathers on them. Yeah. The <laughs> Velociraptor in the Jurassic Park movies was... Not a thing in 1993. Well, it was a thing in 1993, but it wasn't a thing before the movie was made. So Velociraptor, as it is in the movie, was discovered a long time ago and then kind of like not really touched upon and then rediscovered in 93 after the movie came out. And the conversation between the paleontologist in the field who found it was something like, I found Spielberg's dinosaur. Like Spielberg wanted to make his version of what Crichton wrote and he wanted it to be six feet tall and look the way it looked. But that wasn't, that's not Velociraptor. Velociraptor was a smaller, bigger than a chicken, but not that big sized dinosaur. So Velociraptors in Jurassic Park and Jurassic World are actually Utah Raptors, not really officially discovered until after the first movie came out. How's that for knowledge? That's some awesome trivia there. Do either of you have any other points you had on the trailer? No, but I am curious what your favorite dinosaur is. That surprise question for was Joey. going to be. It was between two surprise questions, and that was going to be one of them. My favorite dinosaur is Armargosaurus. I love sauropod dinosaurs, the big long neck ones. They were just just the idea that something on this planet got that big. They're 
big, too big. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. We don't know, like, if they hold so big that if they hold their heads up straight, we don't know how they, like, pumped blood up to their brains. That's how big they were. So, anyway, Amargosaurus, it's not the biggest sauropod, but it's a sauropod and it's cool. And it's got like r- a row of spikes that go all the way down its back. I have a figure of it somewhere around here, not within reach, but I will post it on Twitter. Great, good Jurassic World. Can't wait. June 10. Okay, so next up, I've got a surprise question for the group. But first... Thanks so much to everyone who's listened thus far. We would love to hear your answers for this question. We would also love to hear what you thought of the Doctor Strange and Jurassic World trailers. If you love dinosaurs, what dinosaurs you love? How excited you are for Doctor Strange and Jurassic World? So you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and YouTube. Just search Krypton to Alderaan. We are everywhere. If you're listening to this on YouTube, be sure to subscribe and leave us a comment. It would be fun to interact with you on there. You could also pew pew us your answers at Krypton to Alderaan at gmail.com. So the surprise question is... If you could be on a game show, what game show would you be on and why? Let's start with Robin. Jeopardy. (laughs) Uh, Jeopardy's been my favorite game show for as long as I can remember watching TV and watching game shows. I used to like watch with my grandparents and watch it with my mom when I was really little. And now they do the online test every year. So you don't have to like go to a location in like New York City to take a test. I think this is the second year they've been doing it. So the past two years I've been taking the test online and crossing my fingers. Apparently they have a full calendar year from the day you take the test to decide if you can be on the show or if they want you on the show or to come audition to be on the show, which I didn't know until I took it like two weeks ago. So who knows? Maybe I'll be on Jeopardy one day. Wow, Jeopardy. (laughs) So do you have to like... You take a test. Do you have to like test prep? Is it an open book test? How's the test work? (laughs) Well, so they do like a, they give a practice test online. And from what I can tell, it's the exact same practice test every single time. And then you take the online test. They say to give yourself, I think it's like 15 minutes or something of like quiet, like undivided attention to give to this test. Each test or each question, I think you have, it's either 10 or 15 seconds to answer it. And you don't have to type it in the form of a question. But like that 10 to 15 seconds goes by really quickly. Like you barely have time to read it. And then you're like, uh, 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 dinosaur. <laughs> so there's no like time to Google. You're not yeah. like Googling in another window. Yeah, you, there's they time it just perfectly. So that way, like if you were to go to Google and type it in, you might type your question in and hit enter. And then like the question's gone. It's another question. So I always think I'm going to do really well. And then I go to take the test and I get to the end and I'm like, I knew most of those. I didn't answer them, though, because I couldn't think of it because it's too stressful. So, yeah, the pressure of it. Yeah. Well, they can't have three guests on Jeopardy that can't chime in within a second. I mean, it's annoying, though, because sometimes I watch Jeopardy and like you watch it with me. And there are some contestants that I'm like, why are they on? And I haven't gotten on yet. They answered like two questions right. They didn't make it to final Jeopardy. They were in the negative the entire game. Please put me on Jeopardy. (laughs) (laughs) Who hosts Jeopardy now? Whoever hosts Jeopardy, if you're listening, give Robin a shot. It's typically 
Ken Jennings, right? Most yeah. of the time. Yeah. Or what's her face? It's such Bialik. a weird. Yeah. It's such a weird. If you're the best winner, you get to host the show someday. Yeah. If the executive producer said some racist stuff on a podcast. Sure. Yeah. There's an asterisk there. Chances are. <laughs> Lorelai, what are you besides the prices? Uh, well, I was going to say the price is right. Because now I've been on it. It's cheating. I think I would be on, I don't know. I actually don't watch that many game shows, but I did watch The Price is Right a lot as a kid to the point where my parents were like, you're not allowed to watch this anymore. <laughs> you're rotting your brain. So It's okay. You could pick The Price is Right. Can I just pick it? She yeah. wants to go again. It's my favorite it's one. I want to go again. And I feel like it's, maybe I shouldn't say this on a podcast where it's out for the world to hear, but like The Price is Right is not actually about knowing the prices of things. It's about like knowing the game strategy, right? Like with Jeopardy, like you either know the answer or you don't. And like you maybe could practice hitting the button faster. But with The Price is Right, like the prices for everything change on a daily basis. There's no way to study the prices, but there is like game theory. Like the producers are the ones who pick like which basically what the price is and then like which numbers you have to like pick from so there's like strategy to all of it which we like studied for so you have to go again so we can win a big payday right yes yeah like what if i win us all a trip somewhere or already we don't know or an rv yeah (laughs) so yeah i'd be on the prices right for sure and i can still oh wait i mm, never mind okay (laughs) no spoilers no spoilers royce so I'm I'm not really great with trivia. When I get questions right on Jeopardy, I'm like super stoked, but it's normally like an obscure fact about the Simpsons or something. It's not going to be a category that comes up. And Wheel of Fortune, I have to sound it out out loud. And so I they'd kick me off the show. So the game show, and you guys can rule whether or not this is in fact a game show or not, but the show that I think that would suit me both the best, but also the worst, but I would be allowed to be myself throughout the competition would be Survivor. Mm. <laughs> I they I would be a character on that show that I, I would get flamed on Twitter, I'm sure. But I would be better at that competition than trivia or having to sound out words in my head. So yeah. I got to go with that. They'd be like, who wants to be a millionaire? I'd get rid of all my, my phone friends in like the first three rounds and I get kicked off. I got no chance there. Survivor, I might might have a chance, and I could be I could be myself. Interesting. <sighs> okay, Joey. Listen, I've thought about this in the past five minutes. I've given it a lot of thought, and I think for better or worse, I guess I don't know if this is technically a game show because everything's made up and the points don't matter. <laughs> but a, I think maybe I could be good at it, and B, maybe it would push me out uh, into like out of my comfort zone a little, which might be good for me with something like that. But I'd like whose line is it anyway? Watched it a bunch before and during Drew Carey's run, so get up there, improv some stuff. Doesn't matter because the points don't matter. Love that. I loved Ryan Styles and Colin Mockery unless they're problematic, and then I don't <laughs> like them. I haven't vetted them properly. Wayne Brady. Yeah, love that show. I'd try that out. Why not? What do you got to lose? What do you think about that? I don't think you get to bring home any money, though. Yeah, No, everything's made up and the points don't matter. So that's it. Those are the game shows we would be on if we could, but maybe the only ones who actually have a shot and want to be on game shows are Robin and (laughs) Lorelai. Do you think that's fair to say? Royce, is that fair to say? It depends (laughs) if I get the uh, immunity idol, you know, and uh, I make some good alliances. (laughs) 
Is, is Survivor going to give you razor bread crunch at eggs for breakfast? Do you think? That's every what day? I would. I'd make for great. <laughs> gonna, I'd make for great TV. Forage. It's call me. Yeah. What about naked and afraid? What a wonderful surprise question, Joe. <laughs> Thanks for listening to everybody. I've been Royce. I've been Robin. I've been Lorelai. And I've been Alan Grant. And we've been Krypton. I was gonna say that. Crypto. 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 Crypto.